Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. This is the ContenderCast. It's Justin Hahnemann. We're shining a light on bright ideas. And today we are talking about a really, really cool last mile service. And it's one that I know many of you will want to use or will be using in only the next months and years to come. And my guest today is Lowell Fortune. And Lowell, it is awesome having you on the podcast. Justin, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for, for having me and the opportunity to share what NextPack is doing. I love it. So yeah, Lowell is the CEO and founder of NextPack, and they are reinventing the logistics of life. I love the tagline. And we'll just jump right in because I, I think this is just such a cool concept and one that's just bound to grow and, and do very well. So Lowell, talk about the company and how you decided to start this. Sure. Um, it's quite an interesting uh, starting point. Uh, it was about the, uh, the Christmas of 2015. Um, we came back from a holiday and uh, someone knocked on the door and said they had some some things to deliver. Um, and we we were clueless. We, we didn't order anything. So they left uh, the next day after we returned from from work. Uh, our uh, home was uh, was burglarized. You know, so basically we felt that, okay, well, the only thing you can do is just make sure you have coverage and there's plenty of security systems out there. So, okay, we just move forward. Um, a couple of weeks, uh, couple of weeks later, um, there was a package that was on the steps that was stolen. And um, so that kind of bothered me. And I said, okay, well, is there really a good solution for this problem? So I started asking around. I started doing some research to figure out if there was a solution for it. I couldn't find anything. So as I talked to one of my friends at the time and said, you know, this is what I think uh, is a good idea. This is what I think we should potentially look at doing. And he said, yeah, it's a, it's a great idea. Let's, let's look further into it. So we started the idea to, you know, we started the idea actually on a physical product, yep. a smart box. Interesting. Uh, that would be, like you'd put on your porch or you'd put on yeah. by your house so you could put packages in? Okay, got it. Yes, yes. So a smart box that would be controlled by your phone. And um, so basically the, the box had a one-time use code. So when the courier came and delivered your package, they would open it with the code, enter the package, close the box, and they couldn't re-enter because they don't have a one-time use code that would be uh, destroyed upon uh, execution so we went through the process uh, we built a, a, a physical uh, prototype went through kickstarter just to you know to say it as, as clean as possible it failed miserably oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> why did it fail miserably <laughs> well i i believe it's because of, of several things it's a physical product right sure um to build it properly, it had to have some weight weight to it. So you, we were looking at about 65, 70 pounds. Got it. Yeah. Right. That would be significant. And, yes. And then on top of that, you, you they would have to pay, which was anywhere from three fifty to $400. Right. Wow. So yeah, you'd have to buy the box. You'd have to have it at your house. It's heavy. You'd have to pay, or you guys would probably have to pay to deliver it. I mean, it would be a lot of cost associated to it. Not, not to mention building that unit, right? Yes, the manufacturing of it. So, 
in looking at the whole thing, uh, we but we, we remembered one thing that we what we heard uh, in a focus group. Uh, most of the people at the focus group, ironically, were people who live in apartments. Ah, interesting. Okay, so where the package might normally be delivered to like a mail room or like a central office. Exactly. Exactly. So they loved the idea. The only thing they they said were uh, they said if 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 this was a service, it would go over very well in the com- in the apartment community. So <laughs> so I kept that in the back of my mind uh, when I started to see on Kickstarter we were failing miserably. I started writing the code, uh, the MVP for the service version of Nextbot. Got it. All right. And, so, uh, all right. Before we get to that, so I, I think this is really interesting. So, you know, one thing that I've heard consistently in a lot of the discussions I've had is that whole, you know, sometimes you try something. First of all, you had the idea and you did something with it, which I think is huge, right? So many people don't. But then you tried that first initial version and it just didn't work, right? And, but you didn't give up. You you tweaked and adjusted based on feedback from others to get to more of a service model. And I mean, this is something that affects all of us. I mean, I think about, you know, if I order product online, it's going to be delivered to my front door or by the garage, you know, which is supposedly safer, but anybody could really stop by and pick it up, right? I mean, anyone could walk by and grab the box. So it's a problem you're solving. Yes. Yes. And that's, and that was the big, the big push was, I I knew it was still a problem. And the fact that it didn't work well on Kickstarter, it wasn't Kickstarter's fault. It was something we were missing. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Something we were missing. So we tried to figure out what that was, but here's the other funny part. Everyone on the on that team quit. Oh, you're kidding. Wow. Everyone quit. Why? And, they just gave uh, up? They gave up. It, it's it's a lot a lot of what, what you just said is that when people are faced with a, with a failure, right? Um, it's how do you deal with that failure? Do you accept it as it, it's defining um, what you're doing as not being useful, or are you going to use the failure as an, uh, an a, a opportunity to learn and grow and move closer to your success? Wow. I, I mean, that's already two lessons learned right there. One around failure and one what to do when you, you pass through it. Well, I mean, and you had this background in front-end and back-end development. So you, you knew kind of that space from a technology perspective. And that was matched with you know being a logistics guy in the military. So how did you decide, you know, I'm going to now take this and build the service model? Well, the one thing was a lot of research, a lot of reading. Um, I dedicated my, my, myself to I want to you know, read three books a day, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and, and that allowed me, basically, one thing I heard was, if you're, if you're going to make something in the kitchen, you're going to make a meal in the kitchen, right? Um, the, the more ingredients you have, the better, the better it is that you potentially make a better meal, right? A better opportunity. So it's like information and, and knowledge. It works the same way. The more information you have now, not just information, but quality information and information based on what you're trying to achieve. The your your the possibility for you to succeed and learn something new it, it grows, it increases your your potential. Um, and that's what and that's what that's what I learned. Um, so with that, I started you know learning about the issues with the package delivery, um, the competitors out there. What they were what they were doing, what they were missing, and then there was one book uh, besides 
um, besides you know, Think and Grow Rich, there was another book that really opened up my eyes, and that was uh, Blue Ocean Strategy. Blue Ocean Strategy. All right. Tell me about that one. Yes. Well, Blue Ocean Strategy is the idea that um, the companies that separate themselves from, from the competition are the ones who actually have these three components in common. And one of the components is focus, right? Focus on something, right? So that's why we focus on the last mile, okay? Because we, we know that's a, that is a problem. The, the second component that Blue Ocean Strategy talks about is divergence. So uh, you're, you're solving a problem that people have and you're solving a problem that others are trying to solve, but you, 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 you move away from the way how it's currently being done and you provide a, a different way, a better way, but it ultimately you're looking at down the road in the future and technology and what's happening. You know, how can you get a glimpse of that and not bring it back and put it in play now so that you're not you're not um, out, you know, you're not old fashioned, you're not old news, you're not the has been. And that's what got us in, into blockchain. Okay. All right. So you're disintermediating basically the current delivery model, right? So you've got UPS, FedEx, USPS that deliver packages. And you're creating a, a model whereby a customer can schedule their delivery within a one-hour window. So back into that. So that's the you know what you get as the end user. So what are the things that happen behind that, including blockchain, that feed into the solution? Sure. Great, great, great question. So basically, one of the things that we also saw on the horizon was that um, privacy, uh, data privacy is becoming more at a premium. People are uh, even you look at the GDPR, there's more and more things coming out to protect uh, the privacy and, and, and data of individuals. So, so one of the things that we looked at was, okay, how could we then protect um, uh, individuals' information even when the packages are being delivered? So we, we, we came up with the concept that once a package is delivered, it really doesn't matter whose name is on the package, because if you deliver it to a company, you deliver it to a company, right? Um, the, the only thing you need to do is at the end, at the end of the line, to be able to determine who that package belongs to, right? So that's what we, we do, you know, with the blockchain is we leverage the fact that the blockchain is also, uh, you, you're basically blocks of information and that once they, they move down the line, it can't be changed. Once it's changed, Everyone knows it because sure. it's public and it's transparent, yep. right? That's absolutely right. Yeah. So, so with that, uh, you have these packages being delivered, but the person's name is not on it. The only thing is on it is their own unique ID that identifies who they are, and no one really knows who they are. Ah, got so, it. For, so, 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 if someone is ordering something from from Fudges of Hollywood, maybe they don't want to know. Why don't you know what they're ordering? <laughs> Why not? Right? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great example. <laughs> so, so you know, you live in an apartment complex. Right. People see your packages, right? Somebody and, might and, want to take that package. True. <laughs> or, or, or now they know that you're into Frederick the Hollywood stuff. Or, right. Or whatever you order. <laughs> right. 
That's very <laughs> true. That That's very true. So how does the customer experience work? So talk about how John or Susie or Paul or Karen would use your service. Sure. So basically, um, once they, they, they sign up through our app, they, they get a personal, uh, a personal address. And that address is to one of our um, package delivery points. We refer to them as, as PDPs. So basically, they get, they get an address that's close to them within a five-mile radius. Got it. And then do you guys do the last mile delivery? I mean, you know, you mentioned Lyft, Uber, et cetera. I mean, do you have your own vehicles or do you charge that out, I'll call it? Well, that's an excellent question. We, one of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to make our service and this product scalable uh, in, in the U.S. as well as internationally. And, and in the research, we know that Uber, Lyft, ride-sharing companies are all over the world, right? Yep, absolutely. So, and only growing, right? I mean, so, only growing. And only, and only growing. So we tap into that already existing driving, driver pool. Got it. And and they deliver the packages. Interesting. That is awesome. Yeah, so basically you provide a secure landing spot for the packages and then leverage you know existing delivery infrastructure to take the product to a client, eliminating the need for all that overhead of trucks and whatnot. I mean... I, why, you know, and this is an interesting thought. Why isn't UPS or FedEx doing this? Like, wouldn't this essentially be, couldn't they do something like this with, without all the trucks and delivery people? Well, they, they, they could, but here's the thing is that you, you always have to look at each company's business model. And, and, and their business model, really, because of the, the, the trend of shopping now, shopping online, their business model it's not designed to to actually solve the issues of all these packages now coming as they are now. Sure. So uh, a, a smaller company, a more nimble company, a new company with fresh ideas, we actually have to come in and assist in helping them do what they do because they 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 take care of the, the you know the big bulk of the transitioning of the packages, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But in the last mile, it's where the, the challenges come, and they're not they're not really they're not really designed, you know, for that. Especially with the, the number of packages that are being delivered now. The last the last time I saw, I think it was thirty plus million packages delivered on a daily basis. Yep, significant. Uh, so it's, it's it's significant. So they can't really. It's not their business model, and, and we're happy with that because sure. that, that makes us possible. <laughs> right? Yeah, no question. And so how do you – what's your model for growth? Is it things like this? Is it getting the word out so people try it? Is it you're in certain markets today and you're focused on those markets first? What's your thoughts around commercialization? Sure, per- perfect. That's, that's a great question. So when we look at uh, marketing and growing a customer base, one of the things that we looked at was the inherent nature of our – service and our, our product is our major focus uh, is on people who live in apartment complex. Interesting. Okay. Right? I like that. Yep. Okay. So that's our major focus. So then uh, it actually helps us because now we can approach property management companies and provide our service as a service-based amenity, right? Because there are new, new apartment complex are building um, um, package rooms. Ah, their, so you're building facility. it into 
the actual complexes services that they provide to a, um, a renter. Yes, the older, the older apartment complexes who don't have these rooms, yep. we can definitely help them and become an amenity for them. Interesting. Okay, got it. That's great. So, so that's one of the ways. Another way, of course, is uh, is just general you know, marketing, but we want to focus on the pieces in our ecosystem that would benefit well. So another thing is retailers. So let's say we strike a deal with one of the big box stores for, just for um, uh, for example, let's look at Best Buy. So when a person checks out checks out at Best Buy, it's, by no means are we saying we're in partnership with Best Buy or that they support what no, we're doing. But just right? as an example. Just, just an example. Okay, just make sure we make that clear. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so, so uh, a person who's checking out on their uh, on their platform on their e-commerce on their site sure. will be introduced will be introduced to Mixback as a last mile solution. Got it. So instead of delivering to your home address, you could deliver to your your your, your facility. We'll call it locally and then schedule your delivery on the app um, when you're ready to schedule the delivery. Exactly. So then that exposes us to a bigger customer base, right? Yep, absolutely. And it drives down our costs for marketing. Sounds like an opportunity to get out with all these online retailers, that's for sure. This is so interesting, and it's certainly an area that is going to grow. I mean, you can already see the value in this, and then and the fact that you're leveraging blockchain is in only increased value in terms of um, data accuracy and ensure the security of it. Um, what you mentioned earlier, like one or two lessons learned from from getting this started and launching it, especially around the Kickstarter piece. What would be like one or two more you'd love to share with our audience? Well, the one thing that you you have to you have to believe in what you're doing enough to stand on your own. When everybody else decides that what you what you want to do uh, won't work, you have to believe in it enough to stand on your own, to restart, and to allow others to see, you know, what you're doing. Because now, uh, before it was a, it was a struggle to get people involved. Now we we have people from all in all walks, all skill sets, all level, very smart people. And one of the things, too, I would say a lesson learned is surround yourself with people who are smarter, smarter than you. Absolutely. Love that one. Because, because when you do that, uh, and, and, and here's the thing. In order to do that, you have to be confident in who you are, okay? Uh, know, know your limitations and be okay with that. No question. No um, question. And, and because when you when you're when you are okay with that, and you bring in people who are smarter than you, you know number one they're there for a reason. They're there to help grow this uh, this solution, this product, this service that you want to see in, in the world. And don't and, and don't be afraid of giving them the reins to to make it happen. Absolutely, I love that. There's like three or four lessons in what you just said there. <laughs> Well, hey, Lowell, before we go, where can our um, listeners find you? Like, where can they come and check out the service and and start engaging with you? Sure. Um, of course, we're on all social media, Nextback uh, on Twitter, Nextback on Facebook, uh, uh, Nextback on Medium, of course, Nextpack, N-E-X-T-P-A-K-K dot com. And you'll find us on all the major social networks, Twitter, 
and uh, our website as well. Well, I love this, and I'm I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I'm super excited to see you know where this goes for you, and the space overall is just evolving so quickly. And uh, I love that you know you've brought together technology with solving a problem that relates then to like supply chain and logistics that touches the consumer. You know, it's pretty awesome. So, Lowell, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been awesome. Thank you very much, Justin. It was a pleasure. And, uh, you have a great day and uh, wish you great success as you move forward in your podcast. Awesome. Thank you. The Contender Cast is powered by Play On Sports and King of Pops. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.